Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 9, Episode 33. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. And today we're going to be talking about best games that we've ever been to as Spurs fans. I'm going to do my all-time Spurs 1-11 to of just English players that I've seen. ASD, you're going to do your all-time Spurs 1-11 to of non-English players that you've seen. Yeah. So it should be a good episode today. Um, let's go... <laughs> Because <laughs> normally they're terrible. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go straight into the teams. And do you want to take us through your one first? Let's do. Yeah, fine. So I've gone through a four-two-three-one. <laughs> well, yeah, and you've got to remember that my I started. I went to one game in two thousand. My first game in two thousand and eight, and then I'd, when I first moved to London, just to have gone there, and then I had a bit of a break, and then I started properly going in two thousand ten, where and then over the next five or six years I, I went to every home game and a few away games so the, a lot of my love was built around then when we were pretty poor but and also the non-English side of it is you know right back you're stuck with well we're stuck with Choluca basically and it's really hard however so I've got six subs and um uh, first 11 so I've got Aurelio Gomez in goal we talk about him a lot sublime to ridiculous he's just great and he he, he loved the Spurs he loved the fans he was great Correa Gomez, right? Ledley King, when he did his one to eleven of players he played with, he was the goalkeeper. What? So he must he must have been decent. I never saw this side of him, but he must have been decent because Ledley rated him. But there were times where he was sublime, and everybody says he has the biggest hands of anyone they've ever met. So that's he's got that going for him. Now, left back, you can probably guess straight away. Ben Davis. Wow. But I've got Ben Davis on the right because he's he's pure class and he can uh, he can play on the right and that we we haven't been, I don't think we've ever been we've been blessed him with fullbacks for years, mm. um, particularly not foreign ones. But um, I've got Benny at left back. Oh yeah, Benny. I mean, we we've improved and he wouldn't get into this team, I don't think. But he was great for for the time and the place. He was entertaining. Or you know that there was a lot of PR around him being you know he hated football, but actually. He was decent at times. He, he, he was 70% most of the games. I, I had no problem with him. I loved him. I know, especially under Harry Redknapp, he yeah. really improved. He did because I remember him being a massive liability and then actually he became a decent left back. He wasn't outstanding, but he become you know pretty solid for us. Benefit Harry, I, I both underrate and overrate Harry. So there's a bit of me which is softening to Harry a little bit in that... He did just give people the freedom to play. And we're lucky we had the quality that we had. Like, we couldn't have done what we did if we didn't have, with under Harry, Lennon, Van der Vaart, Bale, Modric, Defoe, Crouch. Like, they they were the key, I think. And yeah. Benny really benefited from that, where there was just loads of space and he could find players. Um, in the middle, I think it's really easy. It's Supian and Toby. If I had to choose one, it would be Supian. I think he's been a great servant to the club and I think he's been brilliant. Toby, I think, is on FIFA ratings will be higher, but I think Jan has just been absolutely brilliant for us. Like club legend, like one of the greatest players to ever play for us, I think. And he, I'm really sad to see him go at the end of the season because his contract will be up now. It's the end of the yeah, season. I, I wonder if before all of this was you know, going on and we were in lockdown, I, I feel like his time's probably come to an end now with yeah, us. Yeah. He's been brilliant, but I wonder with all of this stuff going on and how difficult it's going to be to buy players if they if they'll give him another year and just say so. we're gonna we'll just keep you for another year. We'll try and bring a foil through, or we'll get a young centre half in, and you can just be there, you know, basically as a covering player, but to help us in yeah. non-playing ways. Um, well, buying players is going to be so difficult now. Like you have a look at the great Fergie teams. He always had backup. Always. And he always had a, a decent team and they could rotate. You know, you have a look at the amount of games Giggs and Skulls played towards the end. It was very, very few and far between, but they came in for the big games because they're good enough replacements. We spend far too much talking time talking about who's in our first team. We should be talking about, you know, this the, the 17 players that are there on the day. Um, but anyway, Jan and Toby and I've got Davis. At... Just one of the, the only thing that might be an issue with Vertonghen is... He'll probably be wanting to nick a move somewhere for a couple of years where yeah. he can get some trophies. Because he, he, if you look at his career, he's had a brilliant career, but he hasn't got a lot to show for it. And I yeah. think he'll be thinking if I, if he could nick a move and get to a Juventus or, do you know what I mean, a big side or PSG, someone like that, where Ajax. he wins stuff. Ajax. I know he's not going to win a European trophy with them, um, 
but he loves Ajax, and so does Toby. I'd love them to go back there and then go back to Genk or wherever they're going to finish their careers, like go that path. The worst thing for me would for for, for him for us to let him go and then he go ends up at Chelsea or Watford or yeah. you know a London club that would kill me. Um, in the middle, the first name I put down was Modric. Modric was Modric has been world class. I mean, he's a Ballon d'Or winner, um, and the, when he won the Ballon d'Or, it was more just almost recognition. It was more like recognition of how good he's been throughout his career and how underrated he's been. Modric is an absolute Rolls Royce of a player. Like he is the engine. He he creates all the movement. He's he makes the game happen the way he wants it. I think he's one of the greatest players we will see of our definitely this generation, but ever. I think he's so underrated. Um I had the late replacement, so we started recording whatever seven minutes ago. But ten minutes ago I swapped Sandro for Dembele. So um, Dembele's in there for the one for the one season he was good. I, I there's a bit of me which thinks he's overrated because he's great for a highlights reel where he can ghost past someone and he was amazing. But his goals to game ratio was terrible. Even his assists was poor. I just he's a bit too much like our Jack Wilshere. Jack Wilshere was is massively overrated and all he did was take the ball from you know halfway through his own half, run forward twenty yards and then pass it. Dembele was brilliant at that. But I would love to have seen him score more. He's, I mean, he came to England as a striker when he went to Fulham and we bought him when he was an attacking player and he just got deeper and deeper. But you can't argue with the talent of brilliant, that boy. Absolute, absolutely brilliant player then, but like built for the Premier League as well. Just, yeah. you know, way to go. So strong. And the thing is that with Dembele, he doesn't look like he'd be any good. Like if you see him, you mm. think he, he maybe looks like he's carrying a bit too much weight. He won't be quick. But it, he literally just had absolutely everything apart from that killer instinct in the final third but that you know what that maybe that just wasn't his game but he was a brilliant brilliant central midfielder i remember a story about joe cole where they said joe cole was basically a little ball of muscle where if you went to tackle him not only would he go past you but he'd leave you with a bruise as well and it, you feel that way about Dembele and there was that story that he grew up where he grew up in Belgium there were no football pitches it was all basketball um, courts and so he they played five aside where they won by touching the ball against the bottom of the basketball pole rather than scoring in goals and that makes total sense when you see his lack of ability or even want to shoot but his close ball control it will never see the like of it ever again in the Premier League I think um, he'd be Tottenham's greatest ever five-a-side player oh, without a doubt without a doubt uh, and and I think every player would say that as well um, he's if you ever look at any of Sky's um, you know where they have one-on-one like questions with all the players the players play is always Dembele they've yeah. even made a montage of the players saying it's it's Dembele anyway um, middle three predictable Bale, Rafa, Eriksson uh, decent yeah I mean I, that's going to be better than the your your three or your attacking it has to be Bale Bale's Bale we all know about Bale Rafa just sitting in the middle with with his inability to run, but just class, just this dripping with class, the, the greatest talent to, to pound that we've ever signed. And then Ericsson, uh, Ericsson, a disappointing legacy, really. I, I know it didn't end well, but you always felt you could do a bit more. He never really controlled the game. There were very few games where he changed it. You know, like, and you have a look at the great attacking midfielders of our time, De Bruyne or Silva. He's not that, but what he did do was, was class. Have, I thought you might have put Sun in that three. Yeah, I should have. I haven't even got him on the bench. I didn't even think about it. I think he, I just, you know, he's been doing his military services out of my mind. And strikers is really difficult. I don't know who you would have put up front. In in this, he's he's not the best non-English striker I've seen play for Spurs, but he will always be one of my favourites. That's Robbie Keane. Ah, uh, yes, I didn't see him. I've got Pav up front because my lim- my options are very, very limited for a decent non-English striker. I mean, I could put Sun there. But anyway, Pav... Oh, but did you ever see... Did you get, manage to see Berbatov? Or was that a little bit... Uh, I think I did. He was just... He's yeah, one of he's the... Class. Class, talking about class players. Yeah. I mean, if you had a, a, a central two of Van der Vaart and Berbatov, you're not going to get much work rate, but you're going to you're gonna get entertainment and class and the most outrageous bits of playing goals. Yeah. Uh, I'll quickly give you my six on the bench. Uh, my number one favourite of them is Crunchar. Just brilliant. Knew his, knew his place. Knew he wasn't a starter every week, but came on and just changed things. Um, Chadley, just workhorse, did his job. Sigurdsson, I loved him. Just quality, quality player. Never complained. Um, smashing Everton, I'm super happy for him. Addy, unplayable on his day. Moody, ex-Arsenal, all those problems, but unplayable on his day. 
Sandro, I you know I loved him. I've, I loved his athleticism. That injury he got in the nil-nil away at QPR just ended his career. And um, did I say Choluca? Choluca. Um, he was just, a good just good player, reliable. It was either him or Nelson for the slowest player I've ever seen at Spurs. But it's um, yeah, that's my team. Decent side. Um, yeah, I, I can't have too many. There's not. There's not many that I think I oh, would have had them in. I would have maybe have put a case forward. Well, I definitely would have put a case forward for Ginola to have been in in the three behind um, your striker, just because he was just a wonderful player. He was the first player watching Spurs during that era that I remember being like, this guy is quality. And you know that was in a period of where Spurs were terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wasn't as good as we remember him to be but you know at the, at the time he was just something else and uh, another truly brilliant footballer um but other than that i don't think i would have changed too much to no. be that good in good side um shall i do my english english yeah now? please so i've gone with a it's a bit of a 442 formation um because yeah. i've shoehorned someone on the left-hand side who's not a left-hand sided player but he had to be in the team um so starting with goalkeeper, England's number one, Paul Robinson. Yeah. Um, my, still my favourite goalkeeper. Can I, I can't believe I didn't put Lloris in instead of Gomez. Gomez has gone. It's Lloris. That says. I think that says where Lloris is at now. Oh, I I love him. I don't agree with your hate, but sorry, sorry. Uh, Paul Robinson, goal, brilliant goalkeeper. He was, you know, the national team goalkeeper yeah. for a number of years. Very, very rarely made mistakes. Um, I don't recall him making too many like absolutely world-class saves but he was just a solid keeper and you knew what you were getting at Robinson when he was in goal and I, I, I really really liked having him there because there was just the you were confident in him as a supporter and yeah. that level of confidence I don't I think the only goalkeeper since him where I've been that confident is Brad Friedel where you just know he's not going to make a big error was Loris can do the impossible can save goals and you think how have you done that yeah. but he'll drop an absolute blunder in the next game. So in terms of confidence in the goalkeeper, Paul Roberts to me, my back four, um, this is a pretty strong back four. So right back's Kyle Walker. Um, I think he is, he is, he is a real, real top right back, modern day player as well. You can go forward, pace, power, aggressive. Well, I'm not sure. A little bit dodgy um, defensively, but, you know, he's he he's got to be up there. If we're talking the Premier League era, he must be one of the best fullbacks that Spurs have had, definitely. Um, I, I think that's lack of competition. I I really didn't rate. I, he was stupid. But what he did have was pace to make up for mistakes and to, to, as a threat to push the other people back. Didn't offer much from attacking or defensive standpoint. Really, that was my problem with him. He just but and. I would. What do we sell him for? Fifty mil. I would take that every every time it was offered. Like there was never a bit of me that wanted to keep him. But yeah. we we haven't. We were also not blessed with um, right backs. Yeah, thinking about the other the other players that you know have played that position. Trippier was obviously the other one um, who technically was far far better player. But I just thought for what Walker brought to the Spurs side and for what he's going to bring in this team as well that I've yeah. put together, it, it's yeah. outstanding. Um, my two centre halves. You can't have a Spurs without yeah. King being in it. Of course you can't, you know. Yes, it's either going to be Dorse or Woodgate. So I've changed this about four times today and it's it's been between those two the whole, the whole way through and I've been chopping and changing. I've gone with Dawson. Oh, no uh, way. I've gone with only because he played for Spurs more consistently and partnered Ledley, you know, for lots and lots of games. Whereas Woodgate, I think that there was a stat that Woodgate only partnered Ledley in one game, and that was the cup final when we beat Chelsea. That was the only game they ever started which together, um, which he scored in. But those two as a partnership, I thought, really worked. Individually, probably say Woodgate was a better centre-half than Dawson, but Dawson and King, they went together really well. So they're my two centre-halves. Left back Before you do it, do you remember Middlesbrough? After he left us and he ended up at Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough did a, I think it was a start of season promo called Woody's Birds, where it was him and another Middlesbrough player in like the local park. And it was quite a sexist ad and it was the worst thing ever. It was that amazing. Like the type of thing that would be created in Middlesbrough as well. <laughs> Shout out to all of our Middlesbrough listeners. Um, and then my little Danny Rose, really for the same reasons that I've put Walker in. Um, you know, a, a fully fit, 
on his game, Danny Rose. He was the best left back in the country for about 18 months. He was just phenomenal. Um, again, going forward, so aggressive. Would make the odd defensive mistake, but, you know, I've got Ledley mopping up, so that's fine. He, he, he was graceful enough to be able to cover Rose and Walker, so I've got no worries about that. So that's the back four. Then my midfield four. So on the right-hand side, I've got Darren Anderton, who is probably the best crosser of a ball that I've ever seen in a Spurs shirt. Absolutely magnificent. Um, set pieces in open play, brilliant. Obviously, was labelled with um, the the injury thing, which was a, a a little bit of not really true to be honest. He, he played a lot of games for Spurs in the Premier League, um, represented England a number of times. He was a real top player, and I think that right hand side of Anderton and Walker would would give most left sides a, a pretty yeah. pretty torrid time. He suits um, a four four two as well, doesn't he? Most modern like wide players wouldn't suit a four four two. Yeah, definitely. Like just old school, ball into his feet, hitting early crosses in. Um, and my front two, who I'll come on to in a bit, would score so many goals with his delivery. Central midfield now. So I've got two in there. The first one is Michael Carrick. Now, for me, he is one of England's most underrated, underused players ever. He's just a phenomenal player. Um, he really is the definition of you don't know what you've got until you've lost it. Um, and for Spurs... We, did, we didn't re- replace him. You could argue we still haven't replaced him because how can you? But he was so fantastic at starting attacks, um, breaking play up, intercepting, just sort of screening the back four so that balls couldn't get played into centre-forward's feet. Amazing. You look at what he went on to achieve at Man United. You know, he was a real, real top player. Um, and we were lucky to have him for the limited amount of time that we did. So he's my first centre midfielder. And then... The next one, this was difficult as well um, to figure out who would best partner him, but I've gone with Scott Parker. Now, wow. he he is he is one of my favourite modern-day Spurs players, Scott Parker. And again, not because he was the most talented player, but for what you're getting out of a central midfielder, he's a, he's a leader, he's determined, he will literally he'll run through a brick wall for you. He was just absolutely fantastic. And I think of again that short period of time that we did have him under Harry, he was he was sensational. Absolutely sensational for us. Again, a player that knows what he's good at and knows what his job is. And in this team it's gonna be win the ball back, give it to Carrick, and then yeah, Carrick yeah. get this team playing. So that they're the they're the two in midfield. Can I, my Scott? So he had an inability to pass it forward. That was always my problem. But if you've got character, that's not his job anyway. Like I remember Palacios was told, just pass it to Modric. It's that that job, right? I remember really clearly. You know, do you remember the two nil against the Arsenal when Lennon scored and that Bale scored, then Lennon scored within minutes of each other? I'm pretty sure for the second goal, Scott Parker went in on Cazorla hard, left Cazorla on the floor, passed it to Holtby. Oh no! I think Scott Parker put the ball through for Lennon's goal. Amazing, brilliant, yeah. and brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. The thing is with Parker, his game massively changed as he got older. And yeah. I think the period that we had him, that first season and his last season at West Ham was him at his peak. But people forget early on in his career when he was, especially when he was at Charlton, he was a goal scoring midfielder. He was box yeah. to box, um, and even at West Ham, he scored he scored a number of goals for them as well. So I think his game changed as he got older. But I think those two in there. You know what you're getting. They're up for a battle and they can play as well. So I think that's quite a nice um, pairing in the middle. Now, the left-hand side of midfield, this is a guy who I can't not have in the side. He's not a left midfielder, but I've got Rose bombing up that side. So he's he can tuck in a little bit more and link up with the front two. Um, so I've gone with Delhi off the left-hand side. Yeah. Um, just goals, all-round play from an attacking point of view fantastic player it was a it was gonna it was either him or Aaron Lennon that was that was the battle mm. um and it was it's harsh on Aaron Lennon that he's missed out on this side because he was another brilliant player he's made yeah. the bench but I couldn't not have Delhi in the side and I thought about do I change the formation and go over diamond and have him at the top of it but then it doesn't suit Anton but I think having him on that left with Rose bombing on the outside would be, yeah. would be pretty dangerous especially given the front two and it, it, the link up play with it with the front two would be sensational so the yeah. first one is Kane um, again you know how can you yeah. not have him in there um, you know one of Tottenham's greatest ever goal scorers um, just sensational you know he's yeah. got, he's got his link up play with Delhi you've got Anderton feeding crosses it would be it would be yeah. magnificent and his strike partner is Teddy Sheringham so yeah. a, a player that's similar to Kane in that maybe not the quickest but he's 
you know, he's so clever and his movement yeah, yeah. brilliant. Right foot, left foot, can score from distance, put him clean through. It's a goal every time. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the side. So I think that it would be, it'd be it's pretty well balanced side. I think that. But there were a number yeah, yeah. Of, there were a number of players that didn't make it. Um, so my sub bench, my sub goalkeeper was Ian Walker, um, yeah. only because I, I can't think yeah, of yeah. an English keeper that's any any decent. Jonathan Woodgate uh, was on the bench. Um, then my midfielders were Huddleston, Genus, and Lennon, and then my two centre forwards were Crouch and Defoe. Oh so yeah, I've, I've got options off the bench. bench. If I need to just lump it, I'll bring Huddleston on in midfield. I reckon. I reckon I've got a better first eleven, but I think over a course of over including subs, I think you just about push it. Right, it's not a bad side. No, decent. Let's talk about games now. You've got nine. I've. Yeah. What we were going to do is do more turns. I've got six. Can you can you take three out, or have you just yeah, got so nine? I've got nine. I've got what probably would be a top five, but there's four other games that were just brilliant. I I felt like I was cheating by at least not writing them down. Yeah, I've got those as well. Can I can I give you my nine? And then I'll, um, so my first one is, so they, these aren't all like the greatest games. Some of them are, but some of them are just stuff you remember. So for example, my first like honorable mention is the 9th of April, 2011. We're playing Stoke and we win 3-2. Do you remember this game? Crouch scored, I think a hat-trick in the first half, was it? Yeah, know. Crouch, Crouch, Modric. It's the Matthew f- score an absolute, yes. yeah, yeah. Both of the, both the Stoke goals were amazing. Um, the, it was... Etherington and Kenwin Jones scored. Yeah. Kenwin Jones scored a belter of a volley. But this was the first game. This was the Saturday after the first leg away at Real Madrid, where we got embarrassed, where Crouch got yeah. sent off. Yeah. Lennon wussied out of it in the when he was in the tunnel. And it was 3-2 at halftime. And I remember phoning my dad. I was in the West Upper. And I phoned my dad. It's the only time I ever got reception there. And was like, this game can be anything yeah. i remember crouch going a bit mental when he scored his second goal because he he felt bad for getting sent off at the bernabeu embarrassing us uh, so i was at this game as well and i remember him scoring his second and like celebrating and holding his hand up to the crowd and i was there with my dad and he went i've not forgotten what happened last week <laughs> 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 like, he can't hear you he's down the other end of the ground <laughs> next one uh is just a 3-1 against wigan um and the only reason this is in here is because Wigan brought on a player <laughs> <laughs> called Albert Crusat. Now, if you Google Albert Crusat, um, there's a picture of him and he comes up to Messi's nipples. He was the shortest player I've ever seen. And when he was warming up, we were like, there, there were songs about why is your mascot on the pitch and all that stuff. And as soon as he came on, he got a yellow card. He was just angry. All the pictures of him when he's signing for um, teams, he's just angry. Now, I'm not making fun of short people. Obviously, to do what he's done is amazing. It was just, it was like one of the biggest laughs I've had. I've never Um, been at a football game and so many people laugh at the same time. (laughs) And it's just like, it must have been so bad for him that. Yeah, I feel really bad now, but it was was witty at the time. Next one, 9th of December 2012, Everton, my first away game. We lost 2-1. We won the luck for ages. Do you remember this one? And then um, Pinar and Jelovic scored right in death. Pinar just made his move back after a really disappointing spell with us. It was just my first away game. It was great fun. I got the tickets really late. Like, I think they must have been returned. And then Spurs told me I had them. And then someone pulled out. That was it. Someone pulled out in, like, on the Friday who was meant to be coming up with me. I bought, like, the tickets and the train tickets. And my mate Tom stepped in. That was good. Um, Hull. 2-2, 2-2, the Sigurdsson goal, Kane oh, scored okay. extra time. Um, it's the only game I've seen penalties in. We won on penalties. Um, the, the, it's purely for Sigurdsson's goal. That that goal is my favourite Spurs goal I've ever seen in life. If you haven't seen it, just Google Sigurdsson Hull. It was amazing. We talked about it with, um, uh, with Chris the other week. Next one, Burnley. Why have I put this one down? Um... We played Burnley. Oh, yeah. We were we played Burnley in 2015 in the FA Cup replay at White Hart Lane. They went 2-0 up after eight minutes. And the two people in front of me just got up and left after after eight minutes. <laughs> and then we back really quickly in that game, wasn't it? Like two two after like twenty minutes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, four two, and I, it was one of those ones where, but it was Polino, Capu, Kirikes, and Rose scored. How mental is that? Yeah. Um, like Soldado up front, and it just 
but I was never worried about it. Next one, Sunderland. And again, um, Vertonghen and Eriksson scoring. Um, Larson scored. But Vertonghen was denied a third goal for the worst offside call I've ever seen in my life, where the ball is played to him, where he's charging up the middle. Do you remember? The ball is played to him from our own half. He scores and we get called out for... Um, about five or six yards in his own half, wasn't it? Was a really, really bad one. Um, I've got Arsenal and Man United last two games of at White Hart Lane. Uh, one of them with you, obviously. I just, I love them. And there were just some more that, the Arsenal game was so good. We said it before, I've never felt more like we were never going to lose. It was never in doubt that game. Um, Man United was just great to be there with you. And my final game, Champions League final. It doesn't make my top six. Because mm. we lost. I've The Champions League finals nowhere near mine to be yeah. honest but whilst it's I think if if the whole experience of that game was to finish as the game was kicking off yeah it's probably the best like 15 hours ever right. it was just it was it was insane absolutely insane I'd never I'd never been abroad to see Spurs before so to have done all that to have been there with my dad you know everything about it was amazing but just obviously when whenever you lose a cup final it's horrible it was, but it was also the 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 goal after two minutes or ninety seconds just ruined the final. But I've never had my mind changed about a group of fans more. Liverpool fans were amazing afterwards. Like I've, I I had my mind because I was always sided with Everton. You know they got gobby neighbours and um, just you know frankly a more successful team right next door to them. Like we play in red like we do. But Liverpool fans were properly good, properly spirit of football. I loved it. Anyway. They were the proper Liverpool fans when they're not the yeah. lot see on Twitter. And I think it's very easy to get caught up with yeah. this set of fans are terrible because that's what you see on Twitter. But actually the real ones that were out there were, yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah, so right. So can you give me your uh, your your ones? Sure. So I'm going to do the my, my honourable mentions first. Yeah. Um, so I've got four um, in here. One of the games is the one you've just mentioned, which is the 2-0 over Arsenal um, in 2017, the last derby at the Old White Hot Lane. Now, my other three were all in 2010. Now, I was looking back at games earlier, and this is the, um, when we had Redknapp. And yeah, this yeah. is when I was going, you know, I had this home season to get anywhere, but we were, me and Dad were probably going to four, five away games a season as well. Um yeah. When it was back, when it was easier to get tickets, um, it was absolutely brilliant. So I've got a couple of away games in here. Um, in 2010, Aston Villa won Spurs two, which was a Boxing Day game, um, and we drove up there. Um, there was snow on the ground. We were we kept checking like every ten minutes, like has the game has the game been yeah. called off because it, the weather was that bad. Um, but we got up there. It was my first ever time at Villa Park, which was an amazing away day experience absolutely brilliant stadium um got in the ground game kicked off we started really really strongly i think van der vaart scored after about 15 minutes alan hutton got up the right hand side after Modric released him whipped across in and van der vaart was there and tucked it home obviously we're going mad in the away end the three and a half thousand of us giving it to the villa fans um we're in complete control like it was so comfortable and then a long ball got played forward and defoe um jumped up with one of their centre-halves. There was a bit of a coming together and he got a straight red. Yeah, I remember that. It was a real nothing. Like he, There was barely any contact and he'd been sent off, um, which was really unjust. You there? And then, um, yeah, there's a train that goes past, so I just stop the noise. Um, and then, so at that point, we're 1-0 up. We're down to 10. We're on the back foot a little bit. And then we just defended. And Harry didn't make a sub. We just played without a striker. And we just sat on the edge of our own box for an hour and defended. And then I think on about the 70th minute, we broke. Bale picked the ball up, really like the right back position, run the length of the field, played it to Lennon. Lennon laid it off to Van der Vaart, who had managed to keep up with play somehow. And he I remember that. Corner. Um, and we just went absolutely crazy um, in the away end. And then Spurs being Spurs, we conceded with about five minutes to go. So then we were hanging on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the defensive sub that Harry made, I'll never forget this, was he took Van der Vaart off and put Crouch on. And Crouch, <laughs> Crouch played at centre-half. We just defended the long ball. So that's in there just because, you know, it was just a brilliant away day. Um, and then another fantastic away day in the same year was um, the 2-1 victory that we had at Stoke in the Premier League. 
Um, so for anybody that hasn't had the pleasure of going to Stoke away, it's rough. It is everything that you imagine Stoke away to be is exactly what it is. Um, it was just it was grim. The the weather, the people, the food, everything about it, it was it was grim up there. Um, we played Eunice Cabal central midfield because we were that worried about the long throws and yeah. physicality of Stoke. And so it was Modric and Cabal centre midfield. Um, Idega Johnson was playing up front on his own. It was just it was a horrific side. Um, it was nil nil at half time. Nothing had happened. Then Johnson scored about thirty yeah. seconds into the second half. Scored, come and celebrated right in front of us, and we were in about the fourth or the fifth row. So it felt like we were almost on the pitch at that moment. It was brilliant. Um, then Stoke went down to ten, and we were like, right, we've got this. This is our game now. But again, Spurs being Spurs, we conceded a penalty. They equalised, and then it felt like they were all over us. Delap was, you know, launching his long throws in. They were having corners, free kicks, the ball, it just felt like the ball was going in our box at every single opportunity. And then we weathered the storm a little bit um, and scored with about seven or eight minutes to go. Cranchai felt him on the edge of the box and he, on the half volley, drilled yeah. him. You know? And again, that was just absolutely brilliant because when, when you, when you nick an away game with not long to go, it's a brilliant feeling. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant feeling. Everything had gone against Stoke in that game. Absolutely. We got all the decisions, everything yeah. against them, and then we nicked it. It was just, it was brilliant. Cranchall did that the next game or the previous game, didn't he? He did exactly the same thing, edge of the box to win it for us. I, lo- I loved that, Bam. Anyway. It, it was great. So that that was another fantastic away game. And then the last one that's in my mentions is Spurs 4, Young Boys nil. Right. Right. Let's Let's come on to that in a minute. Because that was a that was a yeah, yeah, let's come on to that. That's, that's in your list. So why don't you start with match number five then? Well, I'm on six. So let, let's let's I'm go, I'll go chronologically. And my first one is young boys. So um, we went three nil down in the away leg. Now we qualify the Man City game. We you know the year before we qualified for the Champions League qualifiers. We got to play young boys at Burn. Everyone's laughing because they're called young boys. We go there. We go three nil down after about 20 minutes as well it was awful and then Basson and Pavlichenko score so to bring it back to three two so we're we're there um I it's my first European night at White Hart Lane I'm quite new to London I don't really know how you know how f- going to football works as much as I do now you know there there's a set of sort of unspoken not rules but ways to do things I'm going with Don this is where my in my early years are going with Don so it's me and Don he's got I've no, I'm wearing some shoes that have got holes in because it's part of the design. Like, and it that's rains. How, that's how you get your feet in them, isn't it? We and um, it rained, so I had wet feet the whole time, but it didn't matter. It was brilliant. We were sat west what was Don, upper. What was Don wearing? I can't remember. He was wearing something way more sensible because he'd <laughs> been to a football <laughs> game before. Um, we're sat literally west upper next to the away fans so west upper was there was a concrete wall that was up to about your knees then nothing then a small metal bar i don't know if you've ever sat there there's like a metal bar but you can reach out and touch the away fans like it's close there were police once every four or five rows but someone tried to grab me hat it was a hat my mama made and there was a gate hat i used i used to wear to games um but it was it was just rocking rocking all night it was a proper european night under the lights white heart lane we score Early, Defoe gets a hat trick. Crouch scores. Defoe scores. I think the first goal was handball in it. Yeah, it was dodgy. Really dodgy. Um, but it was never in doubt. Really, from really from the kickoff, because it was just it was similar to the Arsenal game where there was so much emotion, but it was all positive. Like you, you have those pent up games, but this was just positive. It was like a festival, and then we we're in the Champions League, and it was properly yeah. fun. I'll never remember. I'll never forget. Sorry, um, standing there as the music was being played for the first yes. time. And yeah. looking around, and it felt like everybody was filming it, and where everyone had the torches on their phones on, it was just there was just light everywhere. It was amazing. Um, just quickly on that game, the away leg. Um, a quick story on it. I was in Florida on holiday at the time of the away leg, um, and we were driving around trying to find anywhere that had it on. Um, and we knew the game had kicked off and they'd already started. We were like, oh, we need to find somewhere. We need to find somewhere. We were stopping at all these sports, but nowhere had it on. Yeah. Anyway pulled off of the highway um because we saw a bar that had like a sports sign um dad left us in the car and was like i'm just going to go and check to see if there's any if there's anything on in here and it was the like the dirtiest looking irish bar you can possibly think of so he goes in there 
he's gone for about 10 seconds, he comes running out, and he's like, I've got good news and bad news. And we're like, what's the good news? He's like, they've got the game on. We're like, oh, brilliant. I was like, what's the bad news? We're 3-0 down. And it was like, <laughs> what? Um, but it was, give, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. To come I'll back. I'll give you the uh, team. Do you want to hear the team? Yeah, go on. We had Gomez. So this is confusing because this is, he did, he did it again. So this is Bale, but when Bale was number three in a fullback, this is before the intergame, obviously. So it's Gomez, Bale, Dawson, Choluca, King, Asuicotto must have been playing on the left. Huddleston, Palacios, Lennon, Crouch and Defoe. But on the bench was Kutuchini, Kabul, Janus, Cranchar, Pavlichenko, Dos Santos and Keane. I remember Dos Santos coming on. Uh, no, he didn't. Kuzicini, Cranchar and Pavlichenko came on. Kuzicini came on? Yeah, for Gomez. I can't remember why, but I've got it on my uh, little sheet. Was, it, was a, it was a brilliant night, the, the second leg, the 4-0. It was just, yeah, you know, because we'd gotten so much stick for losing that first leg and you were thinking as a fan, we've done all this work last season, we've blown it. Yeah. And we're going to we're gonna go, we're not even going to see the group stage. It's embarrassing, but was it. we did right. it. You'll go, man. So my game that's in fifth position um, is 1999. It's Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester United 1. Yeah. Now, this game, for anybody that's listened probably to more than one of these podcasts, because I can't go more than one without talking about the Steve Carr goal, um, oh. is my favourite ever goal that I've seen at Spurs, yeah. um, which was Steve Carr, who was a really aggressive like, bulldog right back. He wasn't known for his ability going forward smashed one in from 25 yards in the top corner, Paxton Road end. It was just, you know, against Man United, it was it was amazing. And that was the first time that I can remember seeing Spurs beat anybody that was decent. You know, that was Man United, that they were the team. Yeah. And we hammered them that day, absolutely. We, we could have won that game 4-5-0. It was just, it was phenomenal. It was just one of those games where everything went right. Um, and to have been there and experienced that when I was u- literally at that time, I was used to going and seeing us draw most weeks at home. You know, we, you might win the odd game, but a lot of the time it was nil nils or one ones. It was pretty dire football. Um, so to have seen that, that was absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, that's in at number five for me. Uh, brilliant. Mine is actually, I'm just triple checking, but mine is my biggest win that I've ever seen us make. Um, I've seen us. Oh, no, I saw a 6-0 against Millwall. Um, uh, is Tottenham Hotspur 5, Newcastle 0 on the 13th of February 2012. Now, Harry had, like the day before, been acquitted of... He wasn't going to jail. He, he was um, talking about how he wanted to go to England. This was... We went 1-0 up after a couple of minutes. I think Aswakoto scored. And then we'd just bought Sahar who hadn't scored in like 13 games for Everton. He came in, scored twice for us. Crenshaw, Adebayor scored the fifth. Um, I think he got injured. But it was just an amazing atmosphere. Like there was there was the songs of, we want you to stay, we want you to stay. We were singing, we, it was 4-0 after 33 minutes. Yeah. It was, we we battered them. Like there, was it the, wasn't, there was wasn't this, any was back and forth. Where, where um, Adebayor got four assists. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was one of his amazing games. Yeah. Friedel, Bale, Dawson, King, Walker, Asricotto, Parker, Modric, Crenshaw, Adi and Saha. Just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that's a decent side. Yeah. Um, in at four for me, uh, 2010, Spurs 2, Arsenal 1. Most famously known for the Danny Rose volley. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was just phenomenal. So, for a bit of context, this was off the back of being beaten by Portsmouth days earlier in the FA Cup semi-final. Portsmouth team that were bottom of the league, releg- you know, relegated shot. Yeah. A game we should always have won. We got beat 2-0. The following week, we had Arsenal midweek and then Chelsea at the weekend. Both mm-hmm. at home thinking, God, this could be the worst week of our lives. Um, get to the ground. Sometimes when you go to football, especially night games, you get a sense of something. Yeah. Feel yeah. something's going to happen here. Um, and the old ground definitely had that. And this night felt like that. And we haven't beaten Arsenal in the league for such a long time. Um, but I just remember, you know, being there with my dad and a few of us just sort of saying, feels like we're going to win this. Mm. I don't know why, because we had no reason to think we would win it. We got the team sheet. Firstly, to see Ledley's name in it, you think you've got a chance straight away. You know, you could win this game now. Then we saw 25 Danny Rose. We're thinking, who the hell is this guy? You know, he's chucking a kid in in a North London derby. Is that a good idea? But, I mean, it paid off, didn't it? What a goal. What oh, a God. hit. He was just... playing as a winger. He played right wing in that game. 
didn't even the last place you want him. But uh, yeah, it was just he. Uh, I remember, you know, my season ticket was in the Paxton Road. He scored up the Park Lane, but where I was sat, I was right behind it. And as soon as that ball left his foot, you just knew it was in. And the noise was just phenomenal. Um, it was brilliant. And people forget that he went off at half-time, Danny Rose, because he was yeah. he was so poor. It was terrible in that game. Um, so he got took off at half-time. We scored early in the second half. And you're thinking we're going to beat them. And then late Arsenal goal, and it's panic for the last five minutes. But that was brilliant. Now, that was my first first time seeing us beat them um, at home in the league. So that was a that was a big moment. Um, and to have, yeah, to have done it with a Danny, Ro- Danny Rose winner like that is just... It doesn't get yeah. much. Okay, we're in chronological, but this might be my my single favourite. Like, if I could go back to any match, this might be it. I'm going to give you the 7th of February 2015, Arsenal 2-1. Harry Kane scored twice in his first North London derby, but scored on 90, 85 minutes to, to win it after going 1-0 down. Um, the place went mental. So I was that was when Noah was here. Noah was he's a good friend. He was over from the States studying for a year or, or working for a year. So and he used to just come with me. We met him from the pod or from Reddit it was. And um I just loved him. He we just got on like a house on fire. He came on the show a few times. We used to go to all the games. He used to he used my ticket you know, he used my tickets to go to Fiorentina away. He properly got into it. And um it was me, him and Don we were sat in the south lower. Both goals were at your end, I think. Yeah. And I think all three goals were at your end because they scored first. Ramsey scored an offside goal. goal. No, it was like it came over from the right. Then Ozil was in the middle and sort of volleyed it over to Ramsey, who who then volleyed it in. I I swear it was offside from a neutral because I love Aaron Ramsey as a Welshman. Um, it, it it was offside, but then um, Kane Kane was. Number whatever he was, thirty something in those days. He was he was only there because Soldado wasn't very good. Um, but he had done. I think it was after the Chelsea, the New Year's Day Chelsea game, which was a couple a month and a half before. And he just he he just showed what we know of him. The first goal, he was just in space in a crowded penalty box, put it in. And the second what the second goal is that header. Um, the cross from Ben Taleb, who was in, who had the freedom of N17 to just put it straight on Kane's head, who I think was battling Koscielny. You can see Lamella coming in and jumping with Kane, but Kane puts a header back the way it comes. And you don't see headed goals like that anymore, where they have to generate their own power. Usually they're glancing or they're just changing the direction of the ball slightly. This was back where it come, come from, looping. Uh, one of the best goals you'll ever see. Incredible. And uh, there was there was a second of silence, wasn't yeah. there? Just and before it, the ball hit the net, because nobody in the ground, no matter where you're at, unless you were right behind the goal, could tell if it was in or not. No, so I was like, at the other end. I could not see it. And honestly, the place went mental. That game we mentioned earlier, um, the Scott Parker one, where we went 2-0, the place went crazy. I, I, it was the only time I've ever gone down rows because people just pushed forward and went crazy. This was close. Like, I had bloody legs because the when you where I sat in block 35 in the south stand in, in the Paxton, um, everyone stood. Right, so we're standing, especially for the Arsenal games, we're singing, and the back of the chair in front of you is digging into your shin. So as soon as you score, and people are just going nuts, they're just they're, you're bashing and cutting your your legs. But honestly, it didn't matter. The the singing, um, and the, the that was the most fun I've ever had in the ground. Incredible, absolutely oh. incredible goal. One of the best goals that you you can see as well. It was just yeah, phenomenal. Kane against Arsenal as well. It's just yeah. it's guaranteed. It's perfect. It? Yeah. What's um, your one? For me, in at three, 2017, Wembley Stadium, the Champions League, Spurs three, Real Madrid one. I've got that as well. Have you what in it in at three? That's my last one. I, I I've ordered them by time, um, but that game was amazing. We uh, didn't go we didn't go down together, did we? No, um, just absolutely phenomenal. So that was that was because you've got to remember we were battered by Real Madrid in both legs the previous the previous time we were in it and this was the big game yeah and it was just again under the lights the European you get a sense something could happen here and from minute one and I watched the highlights of this game back I think BT showed it last week or the week before a 30 minute um, highlight reel of it we dominated them like you don't always remember how a game feels yeah 
that game from watching the highlights was just like it was just attack after attack after attack and mm. it was just winks picking the ball up and just orchestrating play he played so many passes out to trippier who just whipped first time crosses in he played a couple of crosses first time on the volley which were yeah. just unbelievable um delhi was at his that was that period of time was delhi at his absolute yeah. best just causing chaos that header though he puts a header against the bar doesn't he he should have scored a hat-trick that day um his first goal was offside as well but Winks's play in the lead up to the third goal where he's on the edge of his box and he takes an extra step which not many players would have done they would have smashed it but he takes an extra step and is able to push it through to Delhi, who then passes it to Kane who then puts it on to Ericsson to win and Ericsson was battling Modric and it was proper like it was old Tottenham versus new Tottenham, and that was brilliant. Yeah, that, that, that third goal though was just because there's very few times you at a game and you know that you're about to score. I was about to say this as soon as we got the ball, as Kane got the ball, I said to my dad because it was one of the few games I've been to with my dad, so it has a lot of meaning to me. I said, "We're going to score. We're going to score." And it was just, you know, it was brilliant. And there's certain bits of commentary as well which are quite iconic, right? And you think back of the Gascoigne free kick. Yeah. It's more against Ajax. You know, there are bits of commentary that just stick with you. And for me, there's a bit of commentary from that game as well where it's played in and it's Ericsson and it's free and Spurs yeah. hammer in the European Champions League. You know, do you know what I mean? You just yeah. think that was amazing. And again, I was there with my dad and he turned to me and was like, we're beating Real Madrid 3-0. Yeah. And I get he finished three one. That that was a four or five nil game. That was yeah. it was so one sided. They just couldn't live with us. It was just magical. Ronaldo and we clapped Ronaldo when he scored, which I thought was really lovely. Um, and I, I I'll never. Like that. Mm. I don't like all of that clapping when an opposition player. Yeah, does something. I don't, I'm not I'm not a fan. I'm all right with it. The um. There were you could there was arrogance in the fans on the way up as well. That that's what was really good. Was just smashing the smashing the fans was, was really good because they just of course they just expect to win everything um, that was fabulous being a Real Madrid fan do you know what I mean because yeah. so being a Real Madrid fan like a bad season like oh we only won the league yeah look what like, they sack managers insane. for winning one trophy it's, it's absolutely nuts they won 11 European trophies wherever it is <laughs> alright that, that you've stolen one of mine um, one of my my next one is the 4th of October 2015 uh, is is mainly because it was me and you. You came over to my house. Um, my wife had we had my wife's best friend and her husband, who I really love. I love him totally. Um, he came over to stay, and I sort of like, I'm leaving at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, and I'm sorry, but and you came over and you didn't really come in, but everyone else was sitting there pajamas. I was like, right, let's get in the punto, and we bombed it down to Swansea. I mean, we I live in Hertfordshire. We did that trip in about three hours. Um, which we shouldn't have done, especially not in the Punto. But uh, it's 60 tops. Yeah, 60. It was just the wind was behind us and it was shorter than it. Yeah, anyway, the <laughs> it was not. I, I just love going with you. My, you know, I've been to, we've had a few away games. Cardiff Swansea is a big thing. I'm, I'm unashamedly Welsh and from Cardiff. Um, and it was just cracking. Swansea fans are great. It was nice to go home to Wales, but we had a great time. We just bombed it down. We had KFC. We didn't get our coleslaw, which I'm still annoyed at. I've only been to KFC <laughs> twice. Um, I'll never, ever forget that. I'll never, ever go again. Um, we parked in like an industrial estate, and it was a nightmare to get out of. Ericsson scored two world-class free yeah. kicks. I don't think we ever led the game, did we? We were always 1-0 down. He scored an own goal, didn't he, after about 10 minutes at the near yeah. Yeah, he did. It was horrific. And they were all chanting, Harry Kane, he scores when he wants, which, yeah. was, which was quite good. And then, yeah, he scored the first free kick that he hit low the keeper's side. Yeah. And it was down the other end, wasn't it, from where we were yeah. sat? And I couldn't quite figure out in real time if it was a good free kick or it took a massive deflection, but it didn't matter. We were all going mad. I can't remember their second goal. Maybe it was uh, a header. No, IU scored first, I think. Yeah. And then Kane scored from their corner in front of us. Yeah, IU scored a header. That's what it was stood That's up right. at that post in the end. And but the Ericsson free kick in the second half to make it two two was sensational. Absolutely sensational. We had a fairly similar, t- a fairly good team, I think. Larice Walker, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, Davis, Dyer, Delhi, Lamella, Ericsson, Chadley, Kane. That's a that's quite a decent team, you know. Right. Yeah. I'll make the bench though. Vorm and G, Trippier, Townsend, Dembele, Vimmer, Carroll. If you need goals, there are no goals in there whatsoever. Kingston and G, Christ. 
So that was um, Swansea's partially because of you. People, what people don't talk about is how how small Swansea's ground is. Now, there's a brilliant episode with Ellis James on Quickly Kevin on where Swansea have come from. Like they were almost um, they almost went out of business not that long ago and almost relegated out of the league not that long ago. Um, it's an incredible story that they're even they they even exist and that they are where they are. But the ground is tiny. Like there were twenty thousand eight hundred people in that ground. That is small. Anyway, sorry. No, good. Um, my next one was Spurs to Man United won the last game of White Hart Lane, which we've sort of spoken about a little bit. But for anybody that the thirty thousand that were lucky enough to be there, you'll just never forget that game. No. Just uh, quite undescribable feeling. Can I say it was thirty-one thousand eight hundred and forty-eight people? I got it on my sheet. Yeah, I mean that was me and you again, wasn't it? Um, we we were so lucky to go to that. Because the if you didn't have a season ticket, you had to go into a ballot, and I was just lucky. Like it didn't matter how many season points. At that point, I had I was in like the top 0.08 of P, of of um loyalty points for bronze members for the the highest level below season tickets, and it you just had to apply. It didn't matter when you applied; it was just applying. You just got lucky, and I got lucky that we got two tickets in the west north upper um, near the west corner. And it was it was it was just an occasion, wasn't it? It was just you'll never forget it for the rest of your life. I'll forget um, the final before that, I think. What have you got at number one? My my last one was tenth um, of April, twenty sixteen. It was Tottenham three, Man United nil, and it was just those oh, three yeah. goals: Delhi, Alderweireld, Lamella. Because the Man United, I I still think Spurs Man United is one of the great games in Premier League. It's two teams with a, like a very full history of a t- of flair and attacking you know obviously man united won 10 times more th- stuff than us in, since the war uh, or at least in in our sort of generation of memory but th- it's just two great proper footballing teams and we've had ups and downs against them um and it was tight it was nil nil they had a, they had a decent team out um not that different from how it is now but like you know they had de gea fosumenta smalling blind rojo schneiderling carrick Mata, lingard martial rashford decent dangerous team and we were we didn't have well we had a, a decent team Lloris Walker Toby Vertonghen Rose Dyer Dembele Lamella Delhi and Ericsson and Kane so it was, it was just two teams going at it and then we scored I remember clearly there was but I think it was Boston Spurs behind us who who it was I was sat with Emma uh, my wife and um, they were behind us and they were singing all the songs but it, it felt like they'd learned them off the internet because there was no one else singing them um, I, I feel like I'm being harsh. I don't mean to be harsh. It just it, it was a bit jarring. And then as soon as the game stopped, they they shut up. And then all it was was Spurs having a go at the Man United fans where we were sat in the in the South Upper. And there was one guy with glasses who we targeted, and he got so mad, and um, he got chucked out by the end of the game. It was, and that was amazing. That was like one of the best things to happen. And then we scored. Uh, Toby scored, I think, a header. Uh, is that right? Delhi got the first one. Yeah, we, sorry. Like, broke, it got squared to him and it felt like he had all the time in the world and he slotted and he in the corner. It, then the, yeah, and then Toby scored about six minutes later and then Lamella scored practically straight from the kickoff. And that was another commentary moment. Yeah. Um, and it was just mental. Like it was, you just couldn't believe that it was happening. I missed the third goal because I was too busy giving it to the United fans after the Older Barrel game. Uh, nice. goal. It was, it was just bouncing. I wasn't there for that game, so I, I had a I had a match myself. So I was watching the Spurs game on the telly, and I was like, I'm going to watch this as far into the game as I possibly can. I'm literally going to leave it to the last second until I go and get in the car and go to my match. Um, and we were, we just scored at one nil. So Delhi had put it in, yeah. and I'm thinking, right, oh, brilliant, one nil. Okay, there's about 20 minutes to go. We can hold on here. I'm like, right, I'm going now. Got my football stuff together. Got in the car. It's like, right, I'll, I'll get going to my match put TalkSport on and they're going mad being like and Spurs have scored well and I'm like yeah okay still 1-0 Eric Lamella's made it free and I was like what what <laughs> yeah. I was like what has happened um so I didn't even know that Alderweireld had got the second until I arrived at my game and was like right I can look on my phone to see what's happened beating 3-0 incredible yeah so that's me done so good my your number one my first one and I don't know if this is number one. I think I feel like if you ask me this same question tomorrow, my answers yeah, are going to change a little bit. But right now, it's 2015, New Year's Day. Oh, yeah. I have Chelsea free. Um, phenomenal. This was Pochettino, um, who 
was still extremely unproven. No one was really sure about him. We had a team that wasn't great, a lot of young players in the side, and we just went toe-to-toe with them. We just said, you attack, we attack. We'll back ourselves to score more goals than you in this game. And it was just, it was incredible. It was a game that it could have been 10-9. Like, there so many chances. Um, I mean, Edin Hazard in that game, that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from player against Spurs. He was just on another level. But we were phenomenal that day. And we just, we didn't stop going forward. And I think that was the moment where I sort of thought, Maybe this could be something under Pochettino because there were so many games in the past where we'd be a couple of goals up and we'd try and sit back and defend. But this yeah. was keep going, keep going, keep going on the front foot, wave after wave of attack. And it was brilliant. I mean, when Kane put his second in, which made it 4-1 and it went through Terry's legs, it was just oh, it yeah. was absolutely brilliant. Just oh, winding yeah. him up and giving him stick was just fantastic. Uh, how good was it to see him score... And the Chelsea fans don't even celebrate. He doesn't celebrate. I think it was 4-2. And then, was it Chadley scored the fifth goal? Yeah. I, he was so good. I went to Cambridge that day. I was living in uh, Nebworth. And I was like, I hate this game. So the two games I always hated were Chelsea, because I hate the fans and I hate everything about it. Um, and we never won. And Stoke, they were just, Stoke was just all... So I never used to go to... Well, I used to go to the games. But that one I didn't go to, just because on New Year's Day, the trains aren't running as well. So it's harder for me to get in from Hertfordshire. Um, so I went to Cambridge and then forgot it was the I think it was the five what well, it was the five thirty kickoff. So I got back just as it was kicking off. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go watch it on the computer upstairs. Mm-hmm. Watched it and I just couldn't believe it. I kept on running up and down the stairs to tell him, and then I had to go for a run in the evening. Like literally, state that I just had so much energy. Yeah. Um, it, it, we were so it, good. I, I just I never get tired of when we used to get. And um, people forget we had a horrific. Um, period against Chelsea where we hadn't beaten them again for a real real long time and then it felt like the tide had turned at White Hart Lane anyway that we were starting to get results against them and there were maybe three or four seasons where it felt like at White Hart Lane we were beating them every time yeah Um, and it was just brilliant to just see Terry on the receiving end of so much abuse and obviously a a poor result for him as well again it, it doesn't get much better than that can we give him his full title father of the year John Terry because uh, I think that he did get fu- like father of the year from a uh, magazine. Um, this was before his, the Bridgegate stuff. Oh, what a prick that man is! Yeah, that was that was absolutely brilliant. Mate, some good memories there. Lots so, of good memories. It's it's great to look back on you know great games, great players, and and just moments. And I think that's it. The, the, you know, there be there are a lot of fans that from other clubs that give Spurs fans a lot of stick when we talk about you know, to certain games, it's like, oh yeah, but what have you actually won? And it's like, I completely get that. But sometimes there, there are just moments that mean more to you than what winning a, a trophy would, would mean, you know, in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it's good to look back and, and reflect on times where football has made you like so happy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So I hope everyone at home's enjoyed listening to that. Um, yeah, yeah. Back next week with another episode. So until then, remember whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever.
Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do. He's 